Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays wherever you may be across the country. I'm in the People's Republic of California in the city of Los Angeles on the Fox lot getting ready for the Super Bowl. Got a couple of stories for you on mask insanity and COVID insanity out here. But first, bet $5 on the winner, Bengals or Rams, of the Super Bowl come Sunday, and you can win $280. That is a 56 to 1 payout. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay. That is fanduel.com slash clay. A $5 bet turns in to $280. You have a friend, maybe a girlfriend. It's the day before Valentine's Day. You got a friend, girlfriend, side chick, whoever you might have out there. You have her Take the other side and you're guaranteed $280 for just a $5 wager. That's $10 guaranteed to get $280. That's a great Valentine's Day meal. Why not go get signed up today at FanDuel.com slash Clay. That is FanDuel.com slash Clay. All right. Brian Flores. Got a lot I want to talk about with you. Got my list here. Uh, Brian Flores, the Auburn mess with Harson, Stacey Abrams' exclusive story that we got at OutKick, Blue State's going after masks, Lincoln Riley going to war with Oklahoma people, Ivy League supporting transgender swimmer, and Arch Manning is down to four different schools. That is all of the things that I am going to talk about in today's program. But I want to start with this insanity before I get into everything surrounding Brian Flores and the absurdity of his lawsuit. I'm in L.A. right now. In my L.A. hotel, I am allowed to go, as an unvaccinated person, I'm allowed to go to the bar. I am allowed to stay in the hotel, to ride elevators, to go everywhere inside of the hotel. But I'm not able to go to the restaurant inside of the hotel. Now, I am getting tested daily. I have to get a negative test in order to come onto the Fox lot right now. So I went to the restaurant last night and I showed them my negative test and they let me in. But think about how stupid this is and how anti-science it is. I can sit at a crowded bar in the lobby. I can stay at the hotel. I can ride the elevator, obviously, to get to my room. I can go inside and outside of the hotel. But I'm not allowed to go in the restaurant. What kind of logical sense does that make? Crowded bar in the hotel, fine. Staying in the hotel, walking all around in the lobby, fine. Riding the elevator with a crowded elevator, if necessary, up to my room, fine. Going to the hotel restaurant, not fine. This is all madness, all right? And it's also madness what Brian Flores has done. So yesterday we talked about the fact that Lovey Smith had been hired. And I hadn't yet seen the statement that Brian Flores released with his attorneys. Uh, This is the statement. I want to read it for you. Mr. Flores is happy to hear the Texans have hired a black head coach, Lovey Smith, as Mr. Flores' goal in bringing his case is to provide real opportunities 
for black and minority candidates to be considered for coaching and executive positions within the NFL. However, we would be remiss not to mention Mr. Flores was one of three finalists for the Texans head coach position and after a great interview and mutual interest, it's obvious, it's obvious the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. It's obvious? What an insult that is to Lovey Smith because you are saying that Lovey Smith, who went to a Super Bowl and won his division with the Bears, was not able to get this job over Brian Flores on his own. This is stupid, all right? And I told you this when it happened. I said, whoever advised Brian Flores to file this lawsuit while there were still five head coaching jobs open and while he was a finalist for the Houston Texans job was an imbecile. Because Brian Flores was on track, I actually agree with this statement, to probably be hired by the Houston Texans but for the fact that he sued the NFL. And once you sue the NFL, a lot of teams don't want to buy a lawsuit, right? They don't want to hire somebody who is suing their organization. So whoever advised Brian Flores in this case made an awful decision of legal advice because Brian Flores was going to get the job with the Texans, likely worth tens of millions of dollars potentially on getting that job. Two NFL jobs by the age of 40, by the way. Instead, the Texans hired Lovey Smith potentially maybe because they were uh, otherwise going to hire Brian Flores and at the last minute they decided to go with Lovey Smith because of the lawsuit. But arguing that it was obvious you would have been hired over Lovey Smith is a bad look for Brian Flores. This entire lawsuit was a bad look for Brian Flores. He made an awful decision to file this lawsuit. I think he may well have cost himself a head coaching job And now he has painted himself into a corner where many other NFL teams are unlikely to hire him because of the lawsuit. He has Colin Kaepernick himself. Whether you love or hate Colin Kaepernick, as soon as he sued the NFL, he was unlikely to ever get a job in the NFL because most employers won't hire someone who is suing them, okay? That's what's going on now with Brian Flores. He's unlikely to recover substantial dollars. He has created a massive issue for himself and potentially cost himself tens of millions of dollars by taking bad legal advice. Now, the lawyers themselves don't have a lot to lose here. They get to file a lawsuit. They get all of the attention that comes with filing the lawsuit without any significant employment consequences in the same way as Brian Flores. I told you, I was one of the only people in media who told you the minute that this lawsuit came out, I went and read it and I said he didn't actually lay out any claims of racial discrimination. And now, if you look at the overall situation, there still are no claims of racial discrimination. Nobody else has signed on to the lawsuit with Brian Flores and ultimately, it feels to me like he has sabotaged his future in the NFL. He has cost himself a job with the Houston Texans, probably because he was angry at the Giants and that's the job he really wanted, and certainly because he was angry with the Dolphins 
that they fired him. But anger is not a legal strategy. Brian Flores took advice from the wrong people and made what I believe is a disastrous decision to sue the NFL for racial issues. By the way, two different guys, Lovey Smith and McDaniel, uh, now with, uh, with uh, the Dolphins, both of them minority hires that have happened since Brian Flores called uh, the NFL racist. I really do believe that Brian Flores should be suing his own lawyers and firing them for giving him awful legal advice and for taking it. We haven't talked a lot about this Auburn situation, but my goodness, Auburn is a mess right now. They are attempting to find reason to fire Brian Harson for cause, and right now they are leaving him hanging out on the proverbial vine while they conduct this massive investigation to see whether they can fire him for cause. For those of you out there who might be saying, okay, what's the difference between being fired for cause and being fired for without cause, and what is that distinction from a legal perspective? Well, if you end up getting fired for cause, Auburn would have no responsibility to pay you out the rest of the money owed on your contract. This is what the University of Tennessee did to Jeremy Pruitt. They would have owed him $11 million. Instead, they said, you violated NCAA rules, so we are moving on from this. We are not going to end up charging you, uh, giving you any of this payout. If you just lose a lot of games, that's not for cause, okay? It's not for cause if you are just bad at your job. For cause requires you to violate terms of your contract other than wins of losses. And right now, if Auburn fired Brian Harson just because they were tired of him, they would owe him $18.3 million. So what seems clear to me, based on the statements that have come out from Auburn University, is they want Brian Harson gone, but they aren't willing to fire him and have to pay $18 million. Now, who would be in line to potentially get the Auburn job? Hugh Freeze? Maybe Lane Kiffin, both with big buyouts. I think they would look at Kevin Steele, who they wanted to hire. Some of the uh, boosters did last time. And I'll just toss you out a name here. Maybe Kendall Bryles. If you're interested in hiring inside the SEC, a guy who has had success on the offensive side of the ball, young, would have had and could have had the Miami uh, offensive coordinator job, has been very good with Sam Pittman. Just toss him out as a potential Maybe also Barry Odom, defensive coordinator at Arkansas. There aren't a lot of people that would actually be in the mix for this job. So just think about where things could go, especially now that Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin have already agreed to extensions. Auburn's in a mess here. It's amazing how much of a mess this is. Derek Mason took way less money to go take the defensive coordinator job at Oklahoma State because of the noxious environment that existed at Auburn with Brian Harson. Stay tuned. This is a mess going forward to see what exactly might happen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. 
The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We'll continue to roll. More coming back in a moment. But first, this. Uh, earlier today, I'm on the West Coast. I wake up and Outkick has been tipped off. I got emailed a bunch of photos of Stacey Abrams not wearing a mask inside of this Georgia elementary school that she visited. You'll recall a viral photo that went out of Stacey Abrams with a huge crowd of kids surrounding her. Stacey Abrams was the only person not wearing a mask. And she tried to argue that this was an example of racism, that it was shameful for people to turn this into a story, that it was just a photo, right? It was a relatively short period of time. But all of those photos that OutKick has distributed demonstrate that Stacey Abrams, obese adult at 48 years old, under far more danger of COVID than any of those children, that she was not wearing a mask for the entire visit to that elementary school. All the teachers and all of the students wore masks even when they were speaking. Stacey Abrams did not. Rules for thee, not for me. The hypocrisy that exists right now when it comes to school mask mandates and Democrats, whether you're the mayor of Los Angeles, whether you are the mayor of San Francisco, Eric Garcetti, London Breed, those two mayors who went to the Rams 49ers game here in LA where I am right now, whether you are Governor Gavin Newsom or whether you are a Georgia candidate for governor for the Democratic Party as Stacey Abrams is, this is an absolute body blow to her campaign because the vast majority of Georgia voters do not believe that kids should be wearing masks and they certainly don't believe that politicians should have one rule for them and one rule when it comes to what is going on for everybody else. This is a major issue for Stacey Abrams. She should apologize if she were actually smart in running this campaign She would come out and apologize to the entire state of Georgia for not wearing a mask all day. And she would say, we need to end mask mandates for kids because why would you not have to wear a mask and those kids and those teachers would? It is a big failure by Stacey Abrams. Thanks uh, to our sources who sent me those photos. If you haven't checked them out, they are going to be everywhere without kick providing a monstrous amount of media attention as we are going to be cited and are being cited by different media organizations all over the country with those series of photos proving that this was not just a momentary photo op when Stacey Abrams took off her mask. She was not wearing a mask all day. The hypocrisy is staggering. She deserves to be held accountable for it. Arch Manning. Uh, Arch Manning, I've been told, by the way, could, if he wants to, get up to $10 million in name, image, and likeness money if he signs with a school based on the massive amount of interest in him, given the fact that his uncle Eli and his uncle Peyton, as well as Cooper, who's a good dude, I really like the Manning family, have proven to be absolute stars at the quarterback position. And Cooper Good wide receiver, but also fantastic sense of humor. Great actor. And his son, Arch now, has reportedly narrowed down his potential school selections to four schools. 
uh, all of whom will eventually be in the SEC. But in the meantime, Arch Manning's Final Four, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. And again, I am told that Arch Manning could get up to $10 million guaranteed in name, image, and likeness before all is said and done here. Again, Arch Manning's Final Four, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. I'm going to put up a poll when I finish this program here and ask you, where do you think Arch Manning should go? Obviously, Texas is headed towards the SEC. Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. Did you see the quotes from Lincoln Riley? He was just on downstairs here uh, with my boy Colin Cowherd. I'm out on the Fox Sports lot in LA. Uh, Lincoln Riley told Cowherd, we didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. Those players and their families had to make a decision to stay at that university or to enter the portal where they could be recruited by anybody. Yeah, that's not going to work for Oklahoma fans. Oklahoma fans are furious at Lincoln Riley. I have not seen a coach leave and take as many top players, quarterback, top uh, recruits, and more uh, since Lane Kiffin left Tennessee and also went to USC. So look, the burn the village behind me approach of Lincoln Riley, how rapidly he decided to leave, everything that went into the larger context of this decision, I totally understand why Oklahoma Sooner fans are furious at him. And I said this when Lincoln Riley made the decision to leave. I don't believe Lincoln Riley would have ever left Oklahoma if they hadn't joined the SEC. Now, you can say that that's a smart decision because USC is a big-time program and they have proven, if you go back to the Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Lindell White era with Pete Carroll, that they can dominate in the Pac-12 in a way that Oklahoma is certainly unlikely to dominate in the SEC. And I think what really happened was Lincoln Riley looked around and said, wait a minute, how are we going to rank at Oklahoma in the SEC? You're not going to be one of the top two schools in uh, the SEC like Oklahoma was with the Big 12, right? Whether you love or hate them, Oklahoma and Texas were the two biggest and best members of the Big 12. They are now going to the SEC. They will be top half members of the SEC, but they're not head and shoulders above everybody else in the SEC. And so, Lincoln Riley knew competition was about to get stepped up, that his overall quality of player relative to the conference was going to diminish. Remember, Oklahoma has not recruited like LSU, like Alabama, like Texas A&M, like uh, Auburn, like all of the top programs Florida and Georgia have in the SEC, even Tennessee. And they were not going to have a massive competitive advantage any longer. So he made the decision to bail on Oklahoma And these answers about how they're not recruiting against Oklahoma, I just don't think Oklahoma fans are really buying them very much. Uh, This is amazing. I don't know how many of you saw Dr. Lena Wynn, who has been one of the foremost proponents of arguing for shutdowns, for lockdowns, for kids being mandatory vax, for every kid wearing a mask. But wildly, Last night on CNN, she walked it all back, and it was in concert with an intriguing decision. Did you notice New York, Delaware, Connecticut, and Oregon, four blue state governors suddenly said, 
masks don't make a lot of sense in schools. The science hasn't changed. I have been arguing, based on the science, for over a year now that masks in schools made no sense. Some of you will remember I went and spoke at my local school board in August, had a monster discussion there uh, along with many other parents saying the data and the science is clear, masks make no sense, okay, in schools. In general, masks make limited sense, but in schools in particular, there's been shown to be no benefit. That's across the nation. I'm right now in LA. LA has had a mask mandate for schools. Orange County has not necessarily. Mask mandates have made almost no impact, okay, in terms of the overall rate of COVID. Where I live in Nashville, Nashville and Williamson County, if you're familiar with the area, Nashville versus Franklin and Brentwood. I live in Williamson County. My kids go to public school there. The argument that masks make sense is completely refuted by the data coming out of Davidson County versus Williamson County. There is no way to support it at all, okay? This is beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's not remotely arguable. And now, out of nowhere, suddenly all of these states, New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, and Oregon are coming out and saying, you know what? It doesn't make sense to continue to mandate masks. What's going on here? Couple of things. One, Jeff Zucker got fired. Maybe he was a foremost proponent of masks and now people feel like they can actually be honest. The other thing that happened, and I think this is pretty significant, the other thing that happened beyond a shadow of a doubt is the polls have moved in a monstrous direction towards sanity and towards your boy who's been sharing the facts and the data with you for two years now on COVID, has been arguing that masks make limited, if any, impact and zero impact based on the data in schools, and suddenly everybody is lining up and acknowledging that I was and have been, along with many other people, Clay and Buck show driving the train on this, that there was nowhere that made sense when it comes to the overall rates uh, of COVID going forward. There's no way to justify masks whatsoever. Uh, Finally, I'm about to hop on the OutKick 360 here. I will also be live on uh, FoxBet Live in a little over an hour. Super busy schedule out here. I was on Tucker last night. I hope you saw me. I'm scheduled right now to be on Hannity as well tonight. So many different moving parts, uh, but I appreciate all of you for supporting all of OutKick. Uh, And again, encourage you to go check out our Stacey Abrams story, our exclusive featuring pictures from inside of that school that are ricocheting across everywhere on the internet. Uh, The Ivy League, another story. My guy Joe Kenzie at OutKick has done a phenomenal job of covering this. The Ivy League has stated that a transgender male swimmer who is in uh, poise to set all-time records in women's swimming is going to be able to swim in the Ivy League championships. That is going to be a reality. The overwhelming majority of sports fans recognize that this is a fundamental attack upon the legitimacy of women's sports. Because if you allow biological men to compete against women, particularly biological men who were members of the men's swimming team at the University of Pennsylvania, and allow this individual who decides that he is now a woman to set all-time records in women's athletics. It is a fundamentally direct assault upon the idea of women's athletics. Feminist, Title IX supporters, all of them should be speaking out against this. Amazingly, 
OutKick is almost the only voice in all of sports to be having this conversation. It is an indistinguishable and unmitigated disaster that this lie has allowed to fester that the greatest women's swimmer of all time could be a biological man represents an existential threat to women's athletics. And I would just go back to one of the Penn women's swimmers who spoke out to OutKick and said, I hope if I have kids one day that I am going to have boys because if I have girls and transgender athletes, males deciding to become women are allowed to compete against them, it will destroy all of women's athletics. Ask yourself why the ESPNs of the world are not covering this story and why all of those women felt like they could speak to OutKick and we would honestly cover them and give them legitimate coverage and honest treatment. It's because the sports media, many ways, outside of OutKick, is completely broken. I love all of you. Get your bets in. $5 to get back $280. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay. That is fanduel.com slash clay. This has been OutKick the Show. I will be live with you tomorrow. I'll be live with you, I think, on Hannity tonight. And I'm about to be live on the OutKick 360 as well as uh, on Fox Bet Live here in a little over an hour breaking down Super Bowl gambling. Thank you for hanging out with us. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick the Show.